guys. We're back to the Neil Haley Show here on the Total Celebrity segment. I'm excited to welcome to the program Nicole Waters and Walters, and she she's the boss. Nicole, thanks for stopping by. How are you? I'm so glad to be here, Neil. Thanks for having me. I was watching the trailer and cracking up. Now, what made you want to, in a way, show everything, meaning cracking up, just how you love your family dichotomy and how you guys interact? What made you, as being a marketing successful entrepreneur, decide to, to do this show? I mean, it's twofold, right? As a business owner, it's a great marketing tool. Obviously, I get to showcase, you know, what we're building and all those great things. But on a more personal level, um, I wanted to show the other side of entrepreneurship, you know, that we're trying to balance families and that we are trying to figure it all out. And that I'm a working mom, too. And I think that this show does a great job of doing that with laughs and love. I agree with you. And it's the, the thing that you think about it that makes it so much fun is, our lives are not just this crazy thing that we're in a boardroom, right? And we're doing all these different mm-hmm. things. Family life takes over and we're, we might be on a, fall, a call with a client or getting ready to jump on a Zoom and someone jumps in the background, right? You hear screaming somewhere yes. or something happens. You get it. You so get it. <laughs> <laughs> I totally get it. So for example, I'll be interviewing a, a major celebrity and I'll be like, oh my gosh, they're coming down to my office be quiet, be quiet. And thank goodness. I sometimes have a co-host. I'm like, okay, I'm going to put it on mute. And I know, you know, the whole yes, thing, yes, yes. put your zoom on it, mute. Imagine that with real cameras the whole time, capturing every moment, Neil, that is my real life. And that is this show. <laughs> so what did made you, did it, I mean, did it come to you or did they come to, did they come to you in this or did you kind of come to them? So I had already been documenting and sharing the journey of becoming an entrepreneur online, both as a marketing tool and as really just authentically who I am to let people see another side of what it's like. So uh, in all of that, you know, we had this awesome production team come out to us and say, look, like America needs this. They need to see that families are made up in a lot of different ways and that moms, you know, are starting to be the leader in families, you know, more and more and that they're the breadwinners and just, you know, with Black History Month and Women's History Month. And they're just like, this just comes together beautifully. So uh, they reached out. We pulled together a show, which pretty much was them home videoing us. That's pretty much it. And (laughs) and we had a show. And so I'm really excited for people to see it this Thursday on USA Network. Was it, was it, was during the pandemic you did a lot of the filming? Yeah, so we filmed most of it this summer, and uh, it was great because we were able to stick with all the COVID guidelines, and no one got sick, and it was just really a positive thing for us to do that was kind of a break during all the craziness in the world. So it was really, really special. We could tell the camera guys were laughing behind their mask. (laughs) Oh, absolutely. And just going through all this, and then how did your family feel about being filmed? You said you've done it before and kind of documenting as a really a marketing genius in certain ways you are, you know, building your firm, you're like, okay, I'm going to come up with this with my family before it happens. So they were used to it then, right? You were always doing some Facebook live or something showing your family. Yeah, my family is used to me filming. It's just that, you know, it's very different when mom's holding the camera. And when you've got like four camera guys, you know, like a couple feet away from you watching the whole time, like it's a different energy. But uh, my family's really comfortable. So what you see on camera is really exactly what we're like. It's kind of hard to believe until you turn around and look at your family, then you're like, 
oh no, we're all like this. <laughs> <laughs> and it's true. We're all like this in some sort of way. And, and just what about the whole thing about a quiet house? Is your house quiet? You got to be kidding me <laughs> between <laughs> me and my personality and my crazy nanny, um, Eddie, he's insane. And then I've got a nine year old, you know, who's totally extroverted. I mean, it is just constant noise, but, uh, you know, we do the best we can. And honestly, I don't think I'd have it any other way. So you, you, when you hired him, did you think it was going to be, he was going to be that kind of noisy type of nanny or not? Was that a surprise once you of got to know? Of course not. I mean, <laughs> I hired him, Neil, to do the job. He thought he was coming on board to be my best friend and get lunches. So <laughs> it's about finding the balance between the two. And uh, it's funny because on the show, we capture a lot of that, just balancing out I love how it. I'm actually getting the help and support I need as a business owner, you know? I love that. I love that. So basically that he became, you know, definitely part of the family in certain ways. But at first when he interviewed, not the person you expected, because again, you probably with your kind of tell me like your daily structure of again, for your business as an entrepreneur, you wake up at a certain time. I'm sure that people will love to hear that. Yeah, of course. So, I mean, I wake up every morning. I'm in the office by eight. I've got client calls. I serve people in a membership community. And then, of course, I've got to create the social, the marketing, because if you don't tell people where you are, they can't pay you. Exactly. And then I try to be done with my day and home by five so I can put dinner on the table. So it is important that I have help and support. And I think that that's one more thing that working moms will be able to take from the show, that I don't do it by myself, that we all pitch in. And when I say Team Walters, I really mean it. And then we get to, do we get to see some of the team that's going on at your office too? Not just the family and the way you film? Yeah. Absolutely. So the cameras do follow me to the office and they can see what it's like when I'm trying to get through some busy calls and my family pops up with whatever it is they want, because, you know, there's no boundaries here. <laughs> How did that growth start? So that, you know, this is the big thing at the pandemic. Everyone's creating new businesses. Everyone's creating new ideas. We're seeing it on clubhouses, which we were talking about where you'll be on clubhouse today, even though it's not live, you know, but we're always on clubhouse and something or some sort of social media platform. What have you seen with what advice would you give people and tell us kind of your story that start how you grew to where you are today as a successful entrepreneur? Well, the biggest thing about entrepreneurship is that you aren't trying to just uh, quit randomly and be totally unprepared. That's right. one of the um, mistakes of social media. Everything looks like it happened in a microwave minute when it's really crockpot success. So I always try to tell people, build a place to go. And that's exactly what you're seeing people do now more than ever. They're on social media building their businesses and starting to build a following and really eventually planning to get products out to those people so they can generate real income. And that's what my company does. We help support people in that transition. So they do things debt-free and sustainably. So it's been a really interesting journey. Um, but more than anything, I'm glad that people get to see both sides of the journey um, on She's the Boss on USA Network. Absolutely. And that just seems like it. But so it was not, you weren't an overnight success. So you tell people there was a lot of struggle to get where you were. To, to your team. Oh yeah. I'm a 10 year overnight success. It's a decade long overnight success. <sighs> and then just meeting the right people and coming up with that mindset of what it means to be a brand. What would you say? What means what you look for for your clients that mean that brand building, what do you say when you're looking at marketing them? What, what is the missing component of a lot of people come to you that need your help? What would you say? 
I would say that, you know, when they come to me, it's twofold. The first thing they need the most help with are just the checkmark stuff, the legal, the financial, understanding just some of the basics on how to utilize tools of being a business owner. But the other part is they need that clarity, which is, you know, is this the best business idea? Does my product make the most sense? And above all else, do you actually like what you're doing? A lot of times we pursue things and we realize that we don't actually love it, but we do it because it's, we think it's the right thing to do. And what's great on this show is you can see that even if I know that I'm in the right place, that I'm still making mistakes as I go and learn more about parenting, about being a business, about being a boss. And uh, and I think that it's nice to see, you know, what that looks like and how I take it all with humor. And uh, I try to always tell my clients, look, you got to laugh at yourself sometimes. And this show will let them learn that I really do that in my own private life. Are you ready for being more known now after USA Network? and even getting more popularity. Are you ready for all that? And and where you'll be recognized more and all that? Tell me. I don't know. I don't know what to expect, but what I do know is that I'm hoping that if this show brings people together and they're able to relate to it and laugh, that, you know, what's going to happen is it's not so much that I'm getting more recognized, but I've just built more friends, you know? So I'm, I'm excited to make more friends through this process. Awesome. Okay. Again, you said February 25th, USA Network. What time will it air on, on Thursday? 10.30 p.m. Eastern Time, 9.30 Central on USA this Thursday. All right. We'll definitely check you out and appreciate the time. And we'll see each other on social media in different places. And it's kind of funny. The way social media works now, we'll see each other live together. All Isn't that awesome? I hope that mm-hmm, this sure will. I won't promote it, especially for this, but everyone will find you in many different places. So I appreciate you coming by. Take care. Thanks for having me, Neil. I'll see you around the internet. You too. You're listening to Neil Haley's show and watch the Neil Haley show. And we'll be back in just a moment. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the COVID-19 vaccine show. I'm excited to welcome from Dr. Mark Hayden. Uh, Dr. Mark, what's going on? How are you? I'm doing great. I feel good. Uh, you know, it's I, I, I've had my first few days of warm weather around here, and uh, there's nothing like spring. You know, uh, if you make it through the winter and the, the sunshine comes out, it just gives you a great feeling. Yeah, it, it definitely does. I, I agree with you. It kind of gives you that, that, that boost of energy, and now I feel better, and now I'm ready to go, and whatever I need to conquer in life. Exactly. I, I completely agree with you, Dr. Mark. It's something that, you know, once it happens, except COVID-19 last year ruined our spring. And uh, here we are today in the same thing. So updates on the vaccine. What have you heard updates on uh, the vaccine since last week? You know, there was a, I think the CDC director came out and she basically admitted that the mutants that are developing or may undermine uh, the entire vaccine program so that uh, we're going to get uh, resistance to the current vaccines that are Moderna and Pfizer that first came out. That's almost inevitable. It is, here's what's really inevitable that they're, that the CDC is finally starting to admit. And we have discussed this on this show for I believe we discussed it for months. I, I don't know the exact day in which we came out. But we laid out that there's less than 5% of the world population that's vaccinated. It's probably more like 2 or 
And as we speak, that virus has gone through massive millions and millions of people and will continue to spread through hundreds of millions, perhaps billions of people. It will continue to mutate and those mutations will become more transmissible and those mutations will will multiply more rapidly in the alveolus. Uh, and the current vaccines will become weaker and weaker at time with time and less effective. And one of the things we know about our current vaccines is they have a fairly substantial incidence of serious side effects. In fact, many of the people who are listening know somebody who had either fever or even even a local reaction. Uh, So it's not, these are not mild side effects. And the other thing we know about these intramuscular vaccines is the more shots you get, the more sensitive you become and more likely you are to have serious side effects, which means that most of the current round of intramuscular vaccines were only designed to give people a temporary once or twice intramuscular defense to reduce their risk of hospitalization and death. Now, there is some good news, and I want to congratulate Moderna and Pfizer. And currently, Moderna and Pfizer can claim uh, that they severely, they may substantially or even have major impact on the rate of death in some of their clients. But that is a short-term promise because COVID is here to stay, people. It's, It's going to be out there mutating into more and more forms. And so as the new mutations come around, people are not going to be able to take one shot after another shot after another shot, and they're going to get worse and worse and worse side effects. And it's going to become very, uh, it'll be, that's not going to be the solution. So what we originally proposed is the solution, and that is the uh, intestinal infections that are deliberate of SARS-CoV-2. Because I proved, me and my family, proved that you can take SARS-CoV-2 again and again and again, and you become less sensitive to it. You have less side effects. You build up tolerance. So I can take, I can take the latest South African variant, and I'm going to tolerate that better than I did my first dose of the American uh, variant that came through here last year. So I can take I can take variant after variant after variant with little or no side effects, with no fever, no chills, no local reactions. So when you look at side effects, it's going to inoculation using oral SARS-CoV-2 is going to blow away all the intramuscular vaccines. And um, so I think that's a huge, that is becoming more and more obvious. The only competitors out there that we really see are are the big countries like China, Russia, and the United States. But sooner or later, they're going to have to admit what we talked about months ago. And, you know, it's it's not a, I shouldn't be the type of person who says, I told you so. Because that shows a flaw in my own character. What I should do is say, the truth will always eventually win now. 
In the short run, the truth can be ignored. It can be beaten up, and those people that spread truth can be persecuted. But eventually, the truth will always win. And the truth in this case is that oral intestinal exposure of SARS-CoV-2 will be let, have less side effects, be better tolerated, and have much better immunity than the intramuscular vaccines. Now, one of the things we talked about, we talked about that all immunity was not created equal. And we were the first people. This, your show, your show, Neil, was the first. Right. Guess what? In the entire world to say, hey, all immunity is not created equal. Guess what? They just proved that this week. And let me tell you how that happened. You know, we came out months ago, and what we told people was, guess what? You're going to have to wear your mask when you get your Moderna and Pfizer vaccine, la-di-da. Guess what? That's because you're still going to be transmissible. Well, did they yeah. actually admit that? Yeah, no, they didn't yeah, come out I, think, with I honestly think, Dr. Mark, that, they're, that people are really not following COVID guidelines anymore. Anyways, they're sick and tired of this. That's right. But guess what? Moderna came out and claimed, they came up with a claim, and I like, you know, let's Moderna is going to maximize its claims of efficacy. And what they claimed is at Moderna that 90 up to, and I'll use the words up to 90% of transmission was reduced using Moderna. What they don't ever advocate for is, is natural intestinal immunity that develops in our population. What we know is that 10 days after a person has natural intestinal infection, that they stop transmitting 99.5% of the time. That means that 99.5% of the time is 20 times the reduction of transmission as Moderna, which only claims at best 90%. That means that intestinal exposure is extremely far, far better at stopping transmission than Moderna and Pfizer and all the other intramuscular vaccines. And what we are looking at for the next year and the year after that and, and the year after that is a virus that becomes more and more transmissible because as it mutates, it becomes better and better at staying in the air and being an aerosol and it being reproducing rapidly on the alveolus. So what we know is it used to take probably something like 60 or 70% in a reduction in transmission. As it became a better aerosol, it is now taking 85 to 90% and 95%. But as it continues to mutate, it will become harder and harder to suppress that. And what is needed worldwide is solutions that are not painful, don't have serious side effects, and stop transmission. And the best thing for that is going to be intestinal infection of SARS-CoV-2. And we discussed that on this show. So, you know, yeah. it's been worthwhile. I mean, it's been a long journey. I had to worry about my license being yanked. Uh, and, and, you know, people thought, you know, a lot of stuff I did was crazy. But in the end, 
the truth always wins. And, you know, people can persecute people that say the truth, but eventually the truth is they, they've beaten that. They're going to suppress the truth as much as they can, but that's going to, that is going to come out. And that's pretty obvious that a year from now, they will, without ever admitting they were wrong, just say, okay, now we're going to have to go. We're going to have to pursue some other options. That's right. They are. And uh, the other options they're going to have to pursue are intestinal, deliberate in intestinal infections. And what I did last year seemed crazy. But crazy was based on truth. And right, the truth. Uh, yeah, absolutely. So the next thing steps is, uh, uh, Dr. Mark, we'll just go right over this. March, we're going to go, um, is uh, the, the, the way we're going to start out with is basically uh, press release talking about uh, you and your wife swallowing COVID. Then we're going to talk about specifically an event. You're going to prove to everyone that an oral vaccine by just swallowing COVID-19 is going to reduce and stop the spread of COVID-19 much better than the vaccine. And that starts in March. That's exactly right. And that is something, that's something to be excited about. You know, our pub, our listening public, when they hear this show, they can anticipate, hey, guess what? COVID's not going away. It's going to mutate. It's going to learn to reproduce faster. It's going to be better spread. But guess what? You're going to find out a new way to stop transmission. And guess what? You're going to get to see real people who deliberately swallow it, not just once, but guess what? I'm willing to swallow it every day for the rest of the year. I'm willing to swallow every variant out there on the face of the earth of SARS-CoV-2. And when you see that happen, if God wills, and you know, as long as I don't get hit by a bus or hit by lightning, uh, if God wills and that can happen, then you will see that there is a way that you can repeatedly protect yourself without having increasing side effects. Where the first side effect that I had was a little gastric cramps and a little loose stool. But as I took the live virus again and again and again, guess what? I had less side effects. So the more I take it, the, the easier it is to take. That is the exact opposite of what happens with the intramuscular vaccines. We don't have a single intramuscular vaccine that has more than two doses. The more doses you get, the more severe your reactions. That is the exact opposite with oral, with, with taking the oral intestinal infections. And so guess what? There are solutions. And, and so if we admit the truth, the truth is, is COVID's here. There's going to be mutations. There, there are poor people around the world. They're not going to change their lifestyle. If they're in the age group where they're not dying, guess what? Right now, if you go to South Africa, you're not going to find everybody wearing an N95 mask. You're going to go to parts 90% of the world. They're not wearing N95 masks. No matter how much you want to wear an N95 mask, you're not going to stop the mutations of SARS-CoV-2 out there. They're going to occur. But hey, guess what? The good news is, is that God gave you a wonderful, wonderful 
immune system. That if you learn to understand it and use it, you can use it to protect yourself. And the good news is, you know, God gives us our life, our days. My days are numbered. And I want to make every day count and count my days. And what we really need is when, when people can see us, can see me consume SARS-CoV-2 day after day from multiple donors. And then guess what? Right after I consume it, I can do a positive PCR test on my mouth. Then I can wait an hour and guess what? It's gone. The beauty of that is to show that your body can clear it once very rapidly, once you have a good surface defense. Perfect understanding and perfect love casts out fear. Right. We don't have to fear COVID. We need to understand it. And we need to accept the beautiful things about our own immune system that God created to help defend us. And we, we need to use those assets to protect ourselves. So I think, it, I think March is going to be a wonderful time. And I think once people see that on TV and then they see me in the face of people who had COVID, that are COVID positive, asking them to sing in my face, speak in my face, which I've already done numerous times on numerous occasions. But when they see that live, suddenly they'll see, hey, guess what? I don't see anybody else in the world doing this. What is going on? And that will slow them down enough to think. And when they think, some of them will see the truth. And that's when things start to change. So, yeah, I think it's going to March. Is, March can be a wonderful time. Absolutely. So, okay. So, again, so they can go check things out by going where? You can go to Antivirus Air. Now, I want to bring you on this little update. I filed initially for a patent back in uh, April of last year. I can use that patent filing date. Very soon, I'm going to publish on that website an update of the patent introduction and the background. And, and I'll, I'll probably leave off some of the claims because that there's until it gets published. But the background of it, when you read the background, you will quickly understand within about four or five pages what sets apart deliberate intestinal infections of SARS-CoV-2 as a method of protecting your lungs. And when you read that three or four pages or get your doctor to, it is highly likely that he would be convinced that if the statements in there are true, and they will be true, that that is the future path. And uh, so we should have that up. And I'm going, I'll be sending that to you hopefully within a week or two. Awesome. Our website should have a, a, a summary, a concise summary of the important facts, something so that people that can share that with their friends and they can share that with their physician. And so there, I think that once that, that paper basically comes out, it will greatly enhance the understanding of the general public about COVID. It's here to stay. It's going to be mutating. And but guess what? There are solutions. And so um, I think it'll be great. So hopefully we'll have we'll have something that's easier for the average person to understand 
And something that I, you know, I know a lot of doctors. Now, one thing I will say that's nice. I have noticed that the physicians that I work with, they're starting to think for themselves. They're starting to read a lot of data. They question the sources and they're starting to, to have insights. You know, they kept physicians out of those conversations, but some of the peers that I work with, they're thinking now, they're thinking more and more and they're learning. So you're going to see doctors begin to speak out in favor of what they think, not just what the CDC thinks, not just what the government wants them to think, but eventually common sense will, will overcome the power of big pharma. And people will look at simpler solutions that are better for people, have lower side effects, and are more effective. So. All right. Okay. So thanks again, uh, Dr. Mark. We'll talk soon. And thanks for coming on. Thanks again for a great COVID-19 vaccine show. Hey, it is great. You have a great day and count your days and make your days count. All right. That was again, this is a COVID-19 vaccine show. Take care. Neil Haley here. Lensec has been a sponsor of the Neil Haley show and Total Media Network for around a year and a half. And I wanted to tell you a little bit about Lensec. Lensec has been a pioneer in IP security videos since 1998. The company is a trusted security partner with experience around the world. Lensec has experience working with customers in higher education, K through 12 education, government, public safety, critical infrastructure, healthcare, commercial, and more. The physical security experts at Lensec help customers develop enterprise solutions for their complex physical security projects using our flagship software, Perspective VMS. Lensec's enterprise-level video management software, Perspective VMS, is a browser-based software that streams and captures IP security camera video. The latest version of PVMS uses HTML5 interactive features in a thin client application that is designed to provide real-time situational awareness, access control, and other advanced features are integrated into a unified security platform, creating an ability to track behavior and movement while monitoring the live or recorded video. For more information, please visit lensec.com. And now back to the show. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Dr. Caxton's podcast. Timeless Truths in Medicine and Marriage. Dr. Caxton, what's going on? How are you? i fine, Neil. How are you today? Fantastic, fantastic. And uh, a topic now scares me because I just heard your topic. <laughs> and it's, uh, when's the next pandemic? I don't want to hear that. Yes. Um, I know it's not so much odd as it is a reality in terms of what happens with the next pandemic. Really, what happens when the next pandemic strikes? I heard something about a week and a half ago that Bill Gates is saying that there's going to be another pandemic. And frankly, the guy is such a nice guy and he's accurately predicted this pandemic for sure. And uh, you remember when we were doing the connecting the dots, <laughs> how his name came up in the dots that were connected. So. To an extent, from what I know about biological weapons, uh, defense, and all that stuff that's been researched and established, I won't be surprised if he's got an inside look at what's been planned. 
If it's a pandemic or not, we don't know. But when Bill Gates, intelligent guy with a lot of, uh, you know, connections all around the world, uh, philanthropy around the world, has his ears to the ground and he says, you know what? There's going to be another pandemic. And he wrote the uh, foreword to the most authoritative book on vaccines in the world, the Plotkin's vaccines. Hey, Neil, who am I not to believe him? So my take on today is really what happens with the next pandemic? And I'm talking to doctors and the people who are civilians were smart enough to be able to hold their doctors up to the task and say, doctor, if there's another pandemic, what are you going to do? So, Neil, let me ask you. Oh, gosh. Well, I, what am I going to do if there's another pandemic? I have no idea, depending on <laughs> the strain and how deadly it is. So let me, let, me, let, me stand it, let me stand the question this way. Then. Let me say, you're a civilian and I'm military, right? Being that I'm in the profession right. of medicine and you're not. You know, we use that word civilian just to refer to people who are not in the profession itself. So you are a layperson and I'm a doctor. And you've seen how uh, the dynamics of hydroxychloroquine, even ivermectin, and a few other drugs that are useful were downplayed over the last 12 months plus. And you realize that if the doctors in the U.S. had been bold enough, something different could have happened. Maybe less than 5,000 people could have died instead of 500,000. So when a new pandemic it hits our shores, would you be asking your doctor, hey, doc, are you going to wait for randomized placebo-controlled double-blinded trials before you start giving me something like zinc, if they say zinc works? Or are you going to step out of your comfort zone and say, doc, zinc is shown to be safe. Vitamin C has been shown to be safe. Will you recommend that my family and my kids, my wife and I take those things? when this pandemic hits our shots is that will that be a reasonable question for you to ask your doctor and would you yeah. ask that question Neil? Would that but the doctor would look at me like i have two hats probably <laughs> yes and that's the challenge this last just a week ago i looked at the new england journal series for the last uh, several weeks january uh 7th all the way to february and i saw this um article on the Brazilian um, coalition study, there was a comment about it. And also there was another hydroxychloroquine study, and I saw a comment about that hydroxychloroquine study. And it's a very interesting approach. You know, in July of last year, um, the head of the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Disease, I don't want to mention his name because you know who he is, um, said that hydroxychloroquine was ineffective, even though all the documents and the research show that it actually is effective. And so I looked at that paper and I wrote about it in my book. It was actually called the Brazilian study. And it was the first uh, paper that I discussed in the hydroxychloroquine debate. It was the first research paper. It was about 667 patients in that study and they were trying to see whether hydroxychloroquine will work in patients who had mild to moderate disease who were hospitalized but remember 
one of the key components of properly caring for COVID-19 patients is that you treat them before they get sick enough to be hospitalized. It's one of the basic tenets of anybody who knows what to do with COVID-19 patients. So these were patients that went into the hospital and they were described as mild to moderate. Okay, But in that same study, the amount of oxygen that they were given them, even though these patients were called mild to moderate, the amount of oxygen they were getting tells us, I mean, tells me as a clinician, that these patients were not mild to moderate. Now, that's not the only thing that was wrong with that study. But let me tell you how we in medicine, in, when we write journals, whenever, let's say you publish a journal in uh, an article in a journal today, and it's published, uh, put out there on Monday, the following Monday. Sometimes by Friday, letters will file up to the editor of the journal you published in, and they will complain or lodge their complaints or their different views about your study and analyze your study. So in the subsequent um, issue of that journal, all those complaints will come up and they will direct them to the editor. And then the editor will now direct the complaints to the to you and say, hey, Neil, you wrote this paper, you talked about the following, the people who were reading it said, no, they disagree with you, can you respond? So you respond based on your expertise and you tell you know, your perspective again, maybe things you didn't mention in the original paper. So that clears the ground. Now that should not take two months. It shouldn't take three months. It shouldn't take four months. But in this case, in this particular study called the Coalition COVID-19 uh, Brazilian study, they published that original study in July. And I'm, I want doctors to listen to this, and I want the lay people to listen to this particular component that I'm sharing. Because if Bill Gates is saying there's going to be another pandemic, we cannot, and I say we cannot afford to be like passive animals or human beings when that pandemic strikes us. We've got to be more proactive, otherwise another million or so will die again. And it will look like it's an, whether it's a pandemic or not, becomes irrelevant. What we do once we get that information that this is a new outbreak is what is the game changer here. So on July 23rd, uh, 2020, this Brazilian study was published showing that hydroxychloroquine didn't work. And um, I think shortly after that, about a week after that, uh, the doctor heads of the NIAID, National Institute of Allergy, well prominently known, said hydroxychloroquine is ineffective. So basically they were waiting for that article to be published. But that was a problem. There were at least 10 problems with that study. And those 10 problems, CNN ignored them and began to talk about how hydroxychloroquine was not helpful in patients with COVID. That was the real final article following which Dr. F came out and said, hydroxychloroquine doesn't work. So there are 10 things that were wrong with that uh, paper, a minimum of 10 things. I put them in my book in uh, September when I published the HCQ debate. But do you know that they did not publish those letters to the editor, several of them, until January? As a matter of fact, there were some printouts that I made the response from the editors 
they were written on January 7, 2021, for an article that was published in July 23. For it was a, it's ridiculous. So they waited about six to seven months before they published the other comments and complaints that people had. Now, Neil, to be honest with you, this is a sham study, in my opinion. It was the first study that I looked at in the book. And there were 10 things minimum wrong with that study. And what I'm saying here is this. Hydroxychloroquine is not only effective, a lot of people put a lot of shoddy papers together to try and say it is ineffective. And in this Brazilian study, I picked it up because it was the trigger the Dr. Fauci's statement was a trigger for me to write that book in eight weeks or less. And that Brazilian study came out just a week before Dr. Fauci announced that hydroxychloroquine is ineffective. That's why I picked this particular study and started breaking it down one by one. So let me start with the conclusion of that study. We won't be long on this. The conclusion of that study is, well, there were some problems with our study, but... Uh, nevertheless, we, in our study, um, you know, it's like in our house, we, we do anything we want, even though we know ethically or morally or spiritually, it's not the right thing, or even legally, it's not the right thing to do. So the authors of the study basically said, in our study, what we found out was that hydroxychloroquine was ineffective. But then as part of their conclusion, they said, well, our study does not prove that hydroxychloroquine is ineffective. So the doctor listening to this is going to say, well, I read that paper. No, you didn't read that paper properly. The authors of the study were saying hydroxychloroquine is ineffective, but even though we're saying it's ineffective, we're not sure that it's ineffective. That's a problem. And there's so many others, so many things wrong. They give hydroxychloroquine is supposed to be given early. They did not give those patients early. They started about seven days from the time the patient got sick with symptoms. Meanwhile, the only way to treat this thing with hydroxychloroquine is to start immediately. I'm saying that to say we don't have, because if this vaccine that they're giving to everybody, you know, which is pretty close to the placebo, right? if you find out that people are still getting sick, either the media covers up the number of people dying now, or they admit that people are dying, they need to do something else, we're going to have to go back to hydroxychloroquine. I'm not insane. The research that they've done, they manipulated the data to make it look like hydroxychloroquine doesn't work. And if people don't have to die, don't kill them. If people can get a treatment early, give it to them. Exactly. So hydroxychloroquine, yeah. ladies and gentlemen, is a good drug. So then comes ivermectin. Ivermectin this um, there's an eye mask uh, uh, pro protocol that was put together by uh, this Florida um, frontline critical care uh, physicians for COVID-19. And they had to go to the Senate and the uh, senator was insulting the doctor, even though he didn't have a clue and the doctor knew what he was talking about. And in the midst of all of this drama, people were dying. And we say, okay, let's say you have a disease. One clinic in um, Jamaica says, hey, we started using this drug, it works. Even if we're not sure 
it's going to work in everybody, shouldn't we try it in our people so they don't die? And if it works for them, start using it, even though we don't have all the information, because the only other option is death or severe disease and hospitalization that disables you or keeps you in hospital for weeks. The answer is yes. Use the drug that may be found to be helpful to prevent death. Now, ivermectin has been shown not only unlike remdesivir, which is a useless drug, they made $2.5 billion from that. Ivermectin has been shown to reduce hospitalization, reduce the need to get on a ventilator, reduce the shedding of the virus. Actually, it's far more effective, in my opinion, than the vaccines. Come to think of it. But the question I have is, Neil, when our doctors think of this clinical trials, and there's several clinical trials right. confirming the effectiveness of ivermectin. And we're still playing in the shadows. But what are we as doctors going to do when the next one comes along? That's my question. And I want everybody to know yeah. this. Yeah, so that's a great way to finish up. I think that when do you think that next pandemic, can you give us a prediction? It will happen soon or later? I am not good with that. And okay. I don't play, I'm not sure that I really understand the mindset of the people um, developing the biodefense uh, bugs, you know, and it's okay for them to develop those things just in case somebody enters into America and tries to, uh, you know, spread a, a biological weapon. Yeah, that's, that could happen. That yes, could so, so it, it makes perfect sense to prepare and simulate test and all that stuff. But if we're now using that for profits to make money or to make some pharmaceutical companies make some money, and even while you're making money, we say, okay, there are other drugs that work. Did you know that there's an anti-ulcer drug that's over the counter that works and has been shown to reduce the sickness and the hospitalization duration in COVID-19? Very simple over-the-counter drug. It's called Pepsid. I'm sure you've probably seen the advertisement for Pepsid over yes there's a guy called friedberg and he did a study on it in new york city with 1620 patients it reduces the likelihood that you will stay x number of days in the hospital that you get sick and get on the ventilator and you know lose your ability to breathe for yourself and that's just pepsi what am i saying there's an anti-cholesterol medication that's also been found statins so there's gotcha. so many things yeah. that work, and we're not getting anybody from the big, uh, you know, institutions, CDC, NIH. One of my doctor friends said, "Do you think that, that Harvard University doesn't know about this stuff that they work?" He said, "Think about it, Caxton. Harvard knows this thing works. Yeah, they don't want, it's, it's all about money. So at the end of the day, we all know everything's about money. So best place people can connect with you. Also, I know you have a book on your website, also, right?" Yes. That involves uh, that people can get absolutely free. That involves um, the treat helping treat COVID. Yes. So, so the nature of that book really, really is this uh, remedies that you can use over the counter and the science behind using ginger, garlic, you know, menthol, eucalyptus oil. I didn't know that drug companies actually paid a lot of money for the research, and they did. And those are remedies that once you get exposed to somebody, you can take right away. And I have that book on my website, drcaxton.com. So. Anybody can go over there, just type in your email address, it'll pull up and it will send a PDF 
to your website, a PDF. Uh, All right. uh, excellent. Well, I appreciate you coming by. Uh, great information again for your show. And uh, uh, thank you again for having the opportunity to co-host with you. And then we can go to drcaxton.com, as you said, and also follow you on all social media. And you're willing to answer any questions regarding COVID-19. Absolutely. Really the update. So I appreciate it. And Neil, one thing I think will be very helpful as a gem for our listeners is there are some doctors that will prescribe ivermectin in the U.S., okay? If you go to flccc.org or flccc.com, type in, if you get sick, if your family member has COVID, you will see a list of doctors, some of them can prescribe anywhere in the U.S., who can prescribe ivermectin for your family before they get really sick. And that's where we're going next. Thank you. Thank you again. Appreciate it. Thanks, Dr. Caxton. That again, that was the uh, Dr. Caxton podcast. Take care. Celebrity slots. Free spin. Free to play mobile social slot games in the likeness of your favorite celebrities. Making money. Spin to win celebrity experiences through sweepstakes. Free to download. Free to play. Yeah, baby. What are you waiting for? Win meet and greets, celebrity merchandise, gift cards, and more. Download Celebrity Slots today.